Hey, Brandon here. Welcome to Transform Your Workplace. This episode is sponsored by Personal Revolution Podcast. Have you been stuck inside wondering how to take charge of your life? Is there something you want to do but haven't been able to do it yet? I know for me, I've been wanting to write a book forever. This would be the opportune time. But in the Personal Revolution, best-selling author and life coach Allison Task helps you take control of your life with inspiration and humor so that you move from where you are now to where you want to be and have fun doing it. It's like having a personal coach whispering in your ear. This three-month podcast course, along with bonus episodes each month, will help you create a clear vision for what you want out of life, remove the frustrated blocks that are holding you back, develop a detailed action plan that will drive you to where you want to be, and build the network that will help you create your future. The Personal Revolution Podcast comes with a personal workbook and real-time access to a community of other changemakers working towards their goal with positivity, possibility, and momentum. And for a limited time, all of this is available to you for free. Download the Himalaya app in your app store, look up Personal Revolution, and enter promo code REVOLUTION at checkout to get your first month absolutely free. If you're ready to go after a better life, you are ready for Personal Revolution. Here's a sneak peek. Hi, my name is Allison Task, and I am the host of Personal Revolution. Are you ready to be happy and do that thing you always wanted to do? Well, I am thrilled to announce that I have now made available for free the Personal Revolution podcast course. This course is based on my best-selling book, and it is now yours for free wherever you like to listen to podcasts. It includes 10 original episodes with plenty of never-released-before content, and then it includes a premium version for $4.99 a month. You will get a customized workbook. You'll get access to a private community on Himalaya, and you'll have just-in-time audio drop-ins from me again in the community on Himalaya. Just go to Himalaya.com, look up Personal Revolution, and type in Revolution to get your first month for free. I'll look forward to seeing you in the community. Hey, welcome to Transform Your Workplace. It's Brandon Laws, your host. I've got a special guest with me. I'm really excited about this episode. Jennifer Blankel, welcome. Oh, yay. Hey, Brandon. You're local, so we're here. It's really nice to see you in person. Yes, I totally agree. I'm so happy and grateful to be here, Brandon. So we've got an incredible topic here today, and I'll let you talk about it further. But the topic is going to be six universal human needs. But I first want to know how you kind of got into this, why we're going to talk about it. And what's your background? You've got really fascinating story. You're going to do it justice better than I ever could. So. Oh, Brandon, thank you. And thanks again for having me here. I'm super excited. So I am, I'll use the word obsessed. I'm pretty obsessed with this tool. And I'll tell you why. I was training as a life coach underneath Tony Robbins. And I was hitting rock bottom in my own marriage at the time. My husband, through no fault of his own, lost his job after the 2008 crash. We were living in LA. And through events outside of his control, he lost a solid job. And it impacted him to a degree that I was not able to understand. And through the coaching, schooling, and training that I was going through, 
I literally began my own transformation without even realizing it was happening when I was being taught this concept of the needs. It literally blew my head off in such a good way. It really was a huge aha moment for me to absorb this tool and understand it from the angle of what my needs are, but really to be able to look at my husband through a completely different lens was pretty darn life-changing. Yeah. So this is like, this is an assessment of sorts and I've taken it. Yeah. So yeah, let me back up. That's great. The concept of the six human needs is we as human beings share the same neurological system inside of our bodies. And because we have the same neurological system, but are different genders, different cultures, different ethnicities, different ages, you know, different everything, we do have in common our biology, our neurological system. And so from a very scientific data-driven perspective, this theory was comprised from science, from biological science, which steers towards, okay, we as different humans are all the same in that we have to meet six needs. And they're universal to all humans. And what is freaking so fascinating to me, Brandon, is that when we realize not only what these needs are, what they mean, what they're really about, but we peel back the layers of ourselves and the people that we share key relationships with, we can finally see what the heck is truly going on. We can see what's going on inside of us, why we feel the way we feel, why we're thinking what we're thinking, why we focus on whatever we're choosing to focus on. And then when we learn that information about other people, like, for example, your spouse, the yeah. person you're, you know, brushing your teeth next to at night, you can transform a lot of things pretty quickly. I mean, talk about being able to shift your mindset from a certain perspective to a completely new, empowering way of looking at things. It's huge. When I was able to learn that my husband's top need is for significance, and well, that you just got laid off. Yes. Then and you're like, that's significantly impacted by his lack of significance. Exactly. And you know what? Maybe there's other gentlemen out there. There are a lot of other gentlemen out there that could also have the top need for significance, but perhaps their rules are different. Their vehicles are different. My husband's vehicle, top vehicle by a landslide for meeting his need for significance is through his work. He is a wicked, brilliant wealth manager, and he's passionate about what he does. He's very smart. He's very successful at what he does. And when the market crashed and the shit hit the fan, because his needs blueprint is the way it is, and the rules that he has to meet those needs are the way they are, events like 2008 totally hijacked his in entire... In 2020? And 2020. Is he still in wealth management? He is. Oh, still shit. And now he has his own company. So... <laughs> oh, he does. Oh, my he God. Does. He does. Is he stressing out? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. And his clients he's are? riding the wave every day. Yeah. What do you say? Like, <laughs> hey, we invest for the long haul people. Yeah. Well, you know, what's cool is because now I know what my husband's needs blueprint is, when he's snapping at me these days... When I go into his office and I'm like, hey, honey, you want a sandwich? (laughs) And he snaps at me. I can take that pause because I have those glasses that I can put on that help me rebalance my mindset and focus on what's really going on, which is this isn't about me. 
This is not personal. His world is rocked right now. His focus is a certain way for a reason. I can make a choice here. I can choose to see it through the lens of where he's coming from, what needs he's trying to meet based on how he's built. And when I can choose to not take it personally, I can have a whole different experience. And that, to me, is pretty damn powerful. Yeah. This applies, I mean, you're talking about your spouse, but this applies to the workplace too, where we're dealing with people all day and we can enhance relationships if we understand what the needs are. And to me, when we start talking about these universal needs, I feel like it's a self-awareness check as much as it is to understand how other people tick. Absolutely. And I love that point you're making, Brandon, because I wasn't able to really understand it about my husband and then my family of origin, my friends, everybody I love until I understood it about myself. It really was understanding my own needs, understanding my own rules of what's got to happen for my needs to be met in order to really apply that to other people and peel back the layers of them. It had to start with me for sure. And being able to understand, you know, as an example, and we'll, I'll explain the needs. My own personal blueprint is my top need is for growth and my second need is for love and connection. I previously, you know, before really understanding this concept, I had some rules about what had to happen for me to feel like I was getting my need for love and connection met by my Almost husband. like a threshold that you have to meet. Yes. Oh, that's interesting. Like, oh, you know, when I dress up for one of our date nights, and put the effort into looking good for him, if he doesn't tell me that I look pretty, I'm not going to feel appreciated. Yeah. Okay, that used to be one of my rules. So that's under love and connection. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Once I realized, oh, you know, we've got these needs and whatever needs we value most out of the six are what's driving us. That's what's driving our thoughts and focus and feelings. I was able to also take a look at the rules you know, what's got to happen. And when I was able to see that some of my rules were limiting my experience and oftentimes even hijacking me and triggering me and making me act crazy Isn't sometimes. That, that's incredible though. I'm actually really curious. So, I mean, this applies to all walks of life, it seems like. Right now we're in such a weird time. You know, the coronavirus stuff happening, people are hunkering down isolated from other people. How could something like the six universal human needs play a role in this situation where, I mean, you tell me, or does it? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> and I love your question. I love your question, Brandon. I think it heavily applies here. And actually, there's been a heavier focus in my recent sessions with my clients about how themselves and their partners are responding differently to the situation. Everything from beliefs about who should leave the house and go to work versus who should stay home, even coming down to somebody harassing the other for not washing their hands enough, you know, down to the nitty gritty details of how we're living our daily lives. We're being triggered a little bit more where we're forced to hunker down with our partners and those of us that have kids with our kids that are out of school. Now is a time of, you know, lots of triggers because we're all hunkered down in our homes, but also we're also dealing with a level of fear and uncertainty and insecurity that we haven't before, at least in this form. And depending on what your needs blueprint is, 
that is dictating how you respond. You know, as an example, somebody who really values our human need for certainty and comfort at a high level, their world is going to be rocked a lot more than maybe somebody that values human need for uncertainty and variety and stimulation and unpredictability. We all have different ways and vehicles or forms that we use to meet the different needs. So none of us are alike, even if we come up with the same ranking order of how we value our needs. You still got to figure out what's going to make you tick. Oh, yeah. There's all sorts of layers under, you know, when we peel back the needs and what they mean to each of us. The six needs in no particular order are love and connection. That's our human need to connect with others, to feel bonded to other humans, to feel included, to feel togetherness. This is romantic and non-romantic connection. This is our need to feel worthy of other people's attention and love and presence. I'm going to guess these people are a little bit more empathetic than others. I'm going to guess that too. (laughs) 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 Then we have our need for significance. This is our human need to feel needed and wanted and valued and important and purposeful, like we're here making a mark on the world and that we matter. To me, no matter how we personally rank in significance, even if it's somebody's fifth or sixth score, which I honestly don't see often at all, I believe that significance is huge. In my world of coaching people in their personal and business relationships, If we don't have our need for significance met, it's very tough to meet the other needs. You know, we've got to meet that need to feel worthy. If we don't feel worthy and important and needed and wanted ourselves, how can we serve others at the highest level? How can we contribute authentically and really meaningfully to the world, to our families, to ourselves? So I value significance in the work that I do as far as relationships go, because I see it thickly in my conversations and my sessions and the work that I do. So another need is for certainty. Hello, pandemic. (laughs) Yeah, uncertain world right now. You know, anybody, I mean, even if you value certainty as your last need, your world is being rocked right now because it's still one of your six needs. We've got to meet all these needs on an unconscious level every day to not only thrive and feel fulfilled, but to survive. And we do it in mainly unconscious ways. But, you know, doing this kind of work and learning this concept can bring this to our consciousness and it's awesome. Okay, anyway, back to the need for certainty. That's our human need to feel comfort and predictability. You know, even down to feeling like we will have food on our plates tonight, that we will not be attacked by our neighbor up to, you know, certain that we will maintain good friendships and, you know, things like that. The world of certainty is endless. So like, let's say I go the same route home every single day and all of a sudden the road's closed and I throw a fit. Yeah. That's one of my biggest needs. Is that kind of an example there? Sure. Absolutely. (laughs) You know, it's kind of funny. I'll give you this example about certainty. I've got a girlfriend and I bet if she was listening to this, she would know who she is. I've got a girlfriend who really values certainty at a very intense level. She's smart and she's lovely and she puts on these amazing dinner parties and everything has to be in its place. She needs to have things. I want to go to her dinner party. (laughs) This is awesome. She sets the bar high, believe me. But she is very particular in needing to be able to predict things, predict plans, predict what's going to happen. 
So just last year, it was a beautiful sunny day. And one of my other girlfriends that we both share a relationship with this other girlfriend with, she said, hey, let's stop by so-and-so's house with just a six pack of beer. We'll surprise her and we'll just hang out. <laughs> I was like, oh, don't no, do this. No, that's it's a bad idea. That's the last thing she wants. If we pop by her house, that would create Oh, anxiety. Lose her mind. And so it was cool, though, to be able to kind of point that out. And me and this other friend, we had a little giggle over it, but it was a cool exchange that probably prevented some maybe discomfort. I don't know. I'm obsessed with this tool. I totally love to not only analyze myself and my poor husband, Your friends. <laughs> but my friends. It's awesome. So that's a little personal example of certainty. But then what's interesting is we have this flip side need for uncertainty and variety. So if we get too much certainty, we actually become bored and then we kind of hijack. It's too predictable. <laughs> it's you know, you're like there's nothing spontaneous about right, anything. Right. And some of the beautiful things in life are the ones that are unpredictable. Or... Amen to that. Amen. We all need certainty. Some of us need more certainty than others, but we all need it. But yeah. It's that fine line between how much certainty we can get before we suddenly need that uncertainty, that element of surprise. And so that's our need for uncertainty and variety. Stimulation, you know, this could be physical, mental, emotional. You know, people can get this met by exercise or, you know, doing mm. risky things. You know, one of my clients, she wanted to devote the whole session the other day about her husband riding motorcycles. And, you know, I'm like, well, hey, you know, <laughs> top need for uncertainty here. You know, primary vehicle is motorcycles. So it's a wonderful way to dissect why people do what they do and what drives them to be and do and act. What's an example in the workplace of something that would be uncertain or variety? Because if people get bored in their jobs, like what would be an example of something you've heard or see people do that might give them a little change or what do you think? Uncertain and variety in the workplace. Or in relationships or... I actually, you know, that is a really interesting question, Brandon, because you know what comes up for me when I'm serving my company and corporate clients is the need for certainty. So only because I feel like your need for certainty in the context of work is very important. Well, think about right now. Yeah, exactly. You might yes. value the certainty a lot more than having any uncertainty. So like in the workplace, I would imagine that the uncertainty and variety would be really low. If right. you were to relate this to your like your personal life. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I know I'm kind of making that as an all encompassing statement, but I think in general, if I'm working with somebody about their professional team relationships and their dynamic in the workplace, the pain around the need for certainty and how that is met or not met is a much more prominent focus in people than the need for uncertainty. Now, if we're talking about my clients that want help with their personal relationships, whether it's their spouse, a family member, the need for uncertainty and variety is very prominent. Oh, really? Yes. Especially when we're talking about our long-term committed marriages. That's true. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. That's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because when we're talking about our committed love relationships, shacking up with our spouses, having families, raising kids, working jobs, you know, all the responsibilities, all the stress, all the autopilot that happens. True. It's like you become a roommate or something. Yeah. Well, you know, I could even take this back to the workplace so I could see where the certainty would be great, like showing up for meetings on time. 
exactly. things that are important to business operations. But when you talk about relationships, to really like create some excitement or whatever, like if I did something cool, like having my office decorated by a colleague or something or some thank you note or something that like was not certain. It was I didn't know anybody's going to do that, but I got recognized and rewarded. And that was Oh, and I love that point, because when we can know the needs blueprints of the people that we work with, that we work for, that work for us, then we can tap into the information about how they love to be loved, how they love. And I'm not talking about romantic love, obviously, in the office, but this is why you're on the Transform Your Workplace podcast. We were trying to change the workplace and these six human needs are they make a lot of sense for the workplace. Yeah. And so, you know, it's interesting. There's all sorts of talk about we need to show appreciation in the workplace. Bosses need to take pause and honor and highlight and appreciate. I mean, I teach this massively to my company clients and teams that I serve. However, appreciation and gratitude don't mean that much if you don't understand what impacts the person the most. Honoring somebody through verbal appreciation in front of a team could be a whole different experience to somebody that might be shy, be lacking in confidence versus somebody that really loves to be honored in front of other people. I mean, that like lights up well, their world. Like the significance, the human need that you're talking about, like I would think if they have a high significance, but also like they like the uncertainty, being recognized in public would be a perfect match. Yeah. In general speak. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. And so the better we can understand each other's blueprints, the more meaningful we can make our communication and the more meaningful we can make our relationships. And it's wonderful. I mean, I hear a lot of people complain about, I'm not exaggerating when I say I hear this every day, you know, in both the business world and the personal world of people's relationships, you know, oh, I've tried everything. I put in so much effort with this person. I've done this for this person. I've done that. (laughs) Exactly, Brandon. It's amazing. Like, I think the human default way when we're not aware is to think that we can just kind of give just general appreciation, gratitude, and we can check that box and we've done our job, but we haven't. I mean, when we can become detectives about ourselves and the people that we work with, that we live with, that we care about, we can actually cut our effort in at least half. I mean, talk about upping your ROI in your relationships and investing less. I mean, I love to say this, and I said this before, and people are like, what the hell are you talking about? (laughs) But I'm like, once I break it down, then it makes sense to people. But a lot of people are putting a lot of wasted effort into trying to improve a relationship and not having success, not getting the results they want. Because they don't have those golden nuggets of information about... Think about like a GPS, like if you had no map or GPS, like and you're traveling from one side of the country to the other, how the hell are you going to get there if you don't know where you're going? So like, I would think the blueprint's going to help you really navigate those relationships. I love that analogy. You like that? I'm all about analogies. Yeah, because we can all jump in our car, but if we don't have a GPS or a navigation system, then we don't know where we're going to end up. So we got hung up on the uncertainty. We've covered love and connection. Love and connection, significance, certainty, uncertainty. And then these last two needs I'm going to talk about are spiritual needs. These first four, you know, significance, love and connection, certainty, and uncertainty and variety are actually the needs of our personality, meaning we've got to meet those needs in order to survive 
And we can meet these needs in all sorts of interesting and amazing ways. We can meet them at high levels that are good for us, good for other people. And we can meet them at low levels that are not good for us. Temporary fixes, things that can help us feel temporarily like we're getting a need met. But for the long term, it might not contribute to our overall well-being. These last two needs, however, are the spiritual needs. And if we can tap into these needs more and meet these at a higher level, that's our gateway to true fulfillment in our life and in our relationships. So I'm talking about... That's deep. It is deep. (laughs) It is deep. I'm not making that up. That's not my own belief system. This is science and data and human behavior science. These last two needs, growth and contribution, are really the only way we get out of our own heads. The first four needs, you know, again, we've got to meet them. We've got to meet these every day, high level, low level. You know, what's also fascinating, Brendan, is that we can meet these needs by lying to ourselves. Ooh, that's disturbing. Isn't that disturbing? We're going to strike that from the pocket. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) That's an important note. And that's how those people who lie all the time, they probably survive pretty well because they tell themselves enough they believe it. Yeah, I do believe it's a form of human survival that evolution hasn't canceled out yet. You know what I mean? Uh, Yeah. Okay, so these last two needs. We'll talk about growth. Our growth is our need to expand ourselves. Yeah, the saying like, if you don't grow, you die. Exactly individuals and businesses like I hear that all of the time. Exactly. It's a very universal, truthful statement in my very strong opinion. So yeah, growth is our need to expand ourselves pretty constantly, you know, emotionally, mentally, even physically. We can meet this need in all sorts of ways. Growth is very different to each of us. When we're tapping into growth, that's where we experience a lot of excitement. That's where we overcome a lot of our fears. That's where we're able to really serve others and contribute at a high level beyond ourselves. And when we are meeting our need for growth, we're actually most of the time getting our other needs met at the same time. Interesting. Yes. And the same thing for contribution, which is the final need that we'll talk about. That's the other spiritual need. Contribution is our need to give back, give beyond ourselves. To something that's kind of bigger than ourselves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, we can contribute to ourselves all day long, but that will not ultimately lead to our joy and fulfillment. And so when we can step outside of our heads and our minds and, you know, open our hearts to how we can serve others, how we can serve other purposes in our community, that also, just like growth, is the gateway to meet all the other five needs. and. That also reminds me, whatever activity, whatever belief system or thought process or actions that you take, the more needs that get met through doing those things, the more you become addicted to doing those things. (laughs) (laughs) That's the same for whether you're meeting them at a high level or a low level. So it's really interesting when we're talking about why we do things we do, not to go into the big territory of addiction, but, you know, when we're talking about, you know, video games comes up a lot, not just with people's children, but people gripe a lot about their husbands in their man caves on the video (laughs) games. And it fascinates me because 
I'm so grateful when I first met my husband, he was playing video games a lot, but then he just shut it down, yeah. you know, and I appreciate that. I have the same story. My wife, at, well, we were living in college together and she's like, yeah, the eight hours a day of video games has got to stop. And I'm like, duly noted. Yeah. And I shut it down. I really didn't play much at all. I still to this day don't. That's super cool. I honor you for that. You're a good man, Brandon. Thank you. I wish I had a man cave with uh, all that stuff, though. <laughs> right? No, I definitely struggle with my two boys with the video games, but my husband plays with them sometimes, but I'm glad he's not doing that. But, you know, there's a lot of pissed off people about what their husbands are doing or what their wives are doing. And it's really cool <laughs> to be able to break it down and see why people do what they do. Video games, for example, literally meet all six needs. Ooh. <laughs> And it freaks me out, you growth know. Growth because they get to the next level or yes, something. Yes, growth because they're conquering, they're yeah, winning. Significance because their points score or whatever. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, you're shooting people, you're dominating people, you're, you know, you're controlling something, you're determining somebody. What about love and connection? Come on. You're connecting with others when you're in game rooms, I you're guess. talking with people. Just like last night, oh my God, this freaked me out. My nine-year-old was playing Fortnite in his hour allotment. I do have boundaries. And he says to me and my husband, he goes, I was playing with this boy on Fortnite and he didn't realize his mic was on. So I said, hey, I can hear you. And we started talking and we talked about the whole game. And it freaked me out because I'm, like I'm talking about buddies. my nine-year-old yeah, yeah. and, and we didn't realize he had access to other people. So we changed that. But anyway, that's an example, though, of even in yeah. something like gaming, you're connecting with people. Or a lot of times, even if you're you know, in your own house and you're playing with your siblings, or your friends come over to play Xbox, you might be staring at the screen and not really connecting meaningfully with each other, but you're still meeting it at a level that can check the box. How do we use these six human needs? If we're aware of what they are and where our significance is, I think you said like the two highest ones you'd probably want to pay attention to or like kind of where we lean, but like how do we use this information either with ourselves or with other people? When you can figure out which of the six needs you value most, when you can figure out whether by taking the assessment, which I will tell you how to do at the end of this, or kind of understanding what each of the needs means and assessing yourself, you know, people have done this with a lot of validity. Your top two needs are what's driving you. That's your captain. Whatever you're thinking and feeling for the most part throughout your days the actions that you choose, how you choose to spend your time, the choices you make in your personal life and your yeah. business life, you know, they're all being driven by these needs. Why don't we do this? You're doing a good job of defining it, but we have my scores right in front of me. Yeah. Why don't we use me as an example in this case? So my, my top two would be growth. I had a 9.3 and significance was an 8.6. How would I use those? to lead a more significant life or enhance relationships and just, you know, use me as an example in, in what you're just defining there. Super. I love it. <laughs> okay. So, you know, you've got the information that you value growth and significance as your top needs. So the next thing would be, you know, assessing how well do you get those needs met? That might be hard to answer without first thinking about, okay, how do I meet my need for growth currently? In the process of answering that question, we also get to clarify what growth means to you. Not staying stagnant? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So what are... Learning new things. Okay. What's your proof that you're growing? How do you know that you're growing? I always go on metric-based stuff. So money, job title, 
producing more by way of like, so I'm in marketing, so more leads, revenue, that kind of stuff. That all tells me if I'm growing or not. Okay. Or that I'm contributing to growing. Okay, great. And so those are definitely job-related markers for Mm -hmm. growth. What about in your personal life, like when you're not working? What does Brandon like to do that makes you feel like you're getting your growth on that might not have to do with your day job? A couple different things come to mind. So like relationships, if they're stronger, that's to me growth. Yeah. So I'm a big reader and I a lot of times put significance on reading more books and learning more things. You'd read a ton of books. Like 60 a year. That's amazing. Yeah, Yeah. I love that. A lot of it's for, you know, this podcast, but there's a lot of stuff I just love to read. So I'm always trying to grow. I use that as kind of a signal too. exercise related things. So if I'm hitting benchmarks, you know, weight, like I was trying to gain weight for the longest time. So (laughs) (laughs) I know most people are the opposite, but I was so skinny for the longest time that I was trying to gain weight. So like, just like, you know, getting better and better and using these different markers. And there's so many metrics with the tools that we use now that for me, it was kind of easy. The relationships are a little harder, though. Because uh-huh. I want to grow in my relationships, you know, my brother and my wife and my kids and my parents. Yeah. Those are important to me, right? But I don't know how to measure those ones. Yeah, well, welcome to my world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I imagine in the workplace, that'd be impossible, too, if you're trying to grow your relationships. I don't know how you'd even start there. So Yeah, I mean, definitely, I've been hired by a lot of managers who want me to help them transform relationships on their team because it is dramatically affecting morale and production and how people are operating. So a lot of times it can be measured when it's that extreme. I mean, that's an extreme example. It's not all I do. It doesn't have to be that extreme. But in some cases it is. And a lot of times that motivates a business owner or a manager to invest in the messier side of relationship work. Because when we are talking about business teams that rely on their relationships in order to make the business itself successful, a lack of teamwork and collaboration due to a conflict can definitely be measured. Maybe not with a complete concrete start and stop, but there's definitely measurable loss to a certain degree that can happen in the professional world. So going back to my scores and how could I continue to meet the needs that I have based on these scores? So like, you know, I'm coming into this not knowing anything, right? But now I'm aware that my two are growth significance and I have these other scores too. But how do I use them? Basically, when we can see our blueprint, Then we get an opportunity to assess how well we're meeting our needs. We get to assess the vehicles that we use. And for me, that's the juiciest part because we're doing all this stuff all day long. A lot of us are doing it kind of mindlessly. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's kind of the human way. Well, I don't have a plan in place. (laughs) That's for damn sure. Yeah, I mean, it's just we get in our busy routines and we kind of react to life as it happens. But when we can kind of arm ourselves with the information of our blueprint and what's driving us, it allows us to have a tool that we can use to take pause and assess what's going on with us, assess what's going on with somebody else that we have a relationship with, assess what's going on in our marriage. You know, without this information, we're kind of blind. We're just working off blind spots. But with this kind of information, we can assess how well we're doing with meeting our needs how quality or non-quality 
our forms, our vehicles are, that can free us from the confusion or the funk or the rut that we can feel as humans. This can even be in the form of feeling depressed by a lot of people. A lot of people feel down and depressed, not because they're truly depressed, but because they're not getting their needs met and they have no idea what their needs are. And if you don't understand what the needs are themselves, then you're not doing the deeper, juicy work. It's almost like you'd need to feed those areas that rank really highly. If you're in the dumps, you're feeling burned out, depressed, whatever it may be, then it's like, oh, I'm going to feed my significance need. Yeah. Like, for example, I'm surprised I don't rank number one in love and connection. But then again, I'm a coach. I'm really passionate about serving and helping others grow. So... I get that growth is my number one. Contribution is going to be top or close to top for you. Yeah, so contribution is number three for me. But man, I just, I feel like I live through the lens of, I just love people. Like, I love that you're a hugger, Brandon, like, you know, (laughs) as an example. But, you know, the last couple days, my family and I made a choice to hunker down beginning last Sunday morning for this epidemic coronavirus. And here you are. And here I am for the first time. I came out of my house this morning, but Sunday and Monday... Just without leaving the house, you know, without interacting face-to-face with anybody else besides my family, just in 48 hours. You felt drained. I felt drained. I felt that funk come over me. I know my different funks now because I'm obsessed with this need stuff, but I knew what the funk was. I'm like, I'm disconnected. And so that motivated me to reach out to some different friend groups and say, hey, you know, let's establish some rituals where we do like a happy hour with our wine <laughs> over video I this Friday. I love that. I had a colleague do that yeah. yesterday with her friend or something. And yeah. It's like you're all isolated. Like here's a way to connect. That's such a great Absolutely. idea. Absolutely. So just becoming more creative. But back to the point, you know, if I wasn't aware of my needs blueprint, I could just go into that funk and continue in that funk. I could just yeah. feel bad for myself. I could just feel like everything's shitty and nah. And not be able to have the awareness about what's truly going on, why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling, what needs are being hijacked, right? And leading me to feel the way I feel. Now with this information, I can make choices. I can say, oh, shit, I'm not getting my need for love and connection met. Okay, how can I get it met? Times are strange right now, but what things can I do? How can I shift my belief around how I can visit with people? You know, a lot of people are feeling bummed right now about, oh, I can't do this. I can't do that. And I feel for those can'ts because those can'ts are real right now. However, if we can understand our needs better, we can get creative on new different ways to meet those needs, even when we're limited and hunkered down at this time. How do we use this information for other people? So. Let's say, you know, a team of like 10 people or so, how could, if like, if we all took this assessment, we've realized our scores, how could I use this with my team? Or, I mean, you could even take it to the personal life too, but since yeah. this is a workplace podcast, let's just talk about the workplace real quick. Say 10 people, I got their scores. What do I do with it? So how I would use this or how we could all use this in the workplace is if a manager or a boss had their team's scores. Having a group discussion around the different layers that everybody possesses around these needs, you know, having an open, authentic, even 
uncomfortable dialogue because I admit, but you know what? I love this part of my work (laughs) with professional teams because for the most part, the professional teams and bosses that have hired me have been male. (laughs) So it's always this slight hurdle that I have to help them overcome about getting a little bit messy and Uh vulnerable and opening up and talking about, you know, the deeper parts of you and, you know, what you need. I mean, we're all so scared to talk. Oh, I'm not needy. You know, don't be needy. We all have needs. We are all so needy, Brandon. And once we honor that and we honor that in other people, we can come from a different platform. I even think like just but that needy part, like some people love to give, 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 right? And on the surface that says, oh, they're just, they're all about other people, right? But therein lies this contribution, right? It's their innate need to give. I'm not trying to make these people look like they're evil or something, but they're still doing it out of their own selfish needs in a way, right? Yes. Am I wrong about that? No, you're not wrong at all. And I love this. This really excites me because this is where it gets really interesting. You know, taking that example, like people that give and give to others, you know, that what comes up a lot of my sessions are like being a people pleaser, not being able to say no, not having boundaries around, you know, what you need and want. There's so many different reasons why people are givers. A lot of times it has a wonderful high level motivation. However, other times giving to other people can be a beautiful form of significance. It can be one's need to feel needed. So this is, you know, not to be negative whatsoever, because I don't look through the lens of negative and positive or good and bad when it comes to the needs. No, I yeah. just don't. Yeah. I've seen so much. I've had the honor and pleasure and fortune of working with so many different types of people in different challenging circumstances that just, I feel like I've seen not at all, but a lot. Somebody that gives and gives could also be indebting others to them. That's an extreme example of somebody that could have a need for significance whose rules are about other people owing them something. Isn't that strange? Yeah, it is. But I wanted to just kind of say that because I know that will resonate with a lot of people, not for them personally, but maybe people that they know. But that's an example of how it's interesting when we break it down. I hope that makes sense. I hope that's not a negative no, not at all. Spin on that. I think we're looking at it like everybody has these needs. They come out in different ways. And I think if we're, you know, translating it back to the workplace, understanding what the needs of the people are, for one, they need to understand it too. But as a, you know, manager or even a peer to somebody, like understanding how my colleagues operate, you know, I can help feed them what their needs are rather than like do the wrong thing or do something that wouldn't actually drive one of those human needs. So I think it's really good information. So next step, if people are really interested in learning more about this, where do they even go? You can go to my website. I have a funky German last name. So it's jenniferblankel.com. We'll put a link in the show notes too. Perfect. In one of the top tabs, it's called Learn Your Top Two Needs. You can click mm. on that tab and there's a wonderful explanation of the needs that could serve as a recap to this podcast even. There you'll find an explanation of the needs, why they're important to understand, how they impact us personally and our relationships. So that's a wonderful recap. And then you can press that green button that says, take the test and you will get 
a response back that has your top two needs. That's awesome. And also kind of an interpretation that will give you, you know, of course, take it with a grain of salt as we should with all assessments, but it'll give you a wonderful interpretation based on what your top need is that can offer, you know, good insights and maybe create some ahas for you. I love assessments and I love what you're doing. Thanks for breaking everything down. What else should people know? Like, you know, what's the parting thing that you want to tell people before we bail? Whether they should use it a certain way, whether they should take it home with them, whether they should start with their team. Oh, yeah, yeah. I highly encourage you to take the assessment to learn about you. We've got to start with ourselves. There's nothing selfish about that. Learning to honor our own needs and step up how we meet those needs makes us better capable of serving other people and inspiring other people and modeling for other people how we can live more meaningfully, more joyfully, and feel truly fulfilled. So I would strongly recommend you take it for yourself. For those of you that are in a romantic relationship, I don't know if I'd say if you're on your second date, bring this up yet, but <laughs> you know, if you're getting serious with somebody or definitely if you're in a marriage, get your partner to take it. Certainly a good conversation starter. Yeah. And you know, I've had this question enough where I think it's valuable to bring up because I believe it takes only one person to transform any relationship. So a lot of my clients come to me as individuals without their partner. And so when this comes up about getting their partner to take the test, you know, some people don't even tell their partner. they come. <laughs> so like, how do I get my partner to take the test? How do I bring this up? How do I tell them that I think there's room for improvement in our marriage? My best response is, if your partner came to you and said, honey, I would love to understand your needs on a deeper level so that Boom. I can Doing it be in a heartbeat. A, right? Who the hell is going to say yeah. no to that? I don't know. A colleague too. I would be like, hey, I'll take it. Right? And I love, I love the results and the responses and the surprise feedback that I get from not only my private personal clients, but my business clients who take this and sink their teeth into it and wonderful, wonderful awareness and self-transformation and relationship transformation comes from this. It's I awesome. I love it. Jen, thanks for coming on the podcast. And Thank I can call you, you so Jen, much. right? Absolutely, Brandon. We're friends now. Absolutely. We are friends. <laughs> we are. And I so appreciate you inviting me to this. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's Thank really you. important it's stuff. It's been awesome. Thanks, Jen. Thank you. 